Here it is, folks, the interview with Rob Hockman. I'm so amped up about this. Man, you don't even know. We recorded this yesterday. This was a blast. This was an absolute blast, and I hope you guys have as much fun listening to it as I did talking to Rob yesterday Uh, because I didn't get to say it on the show. Thanks to our sponsor, ExpressVPN, expressvpn.com slash spark to get three free months when you sign up for the 12-month package. That takes you up to 15 months of protecting your privacy on the internet. Without further ado, here's me and Rob Hockman. Welcome back to the Two Marks and Spark Wrestling Podcast. What the fuck? Oh, the iconic, the, I'm sorry, the inspiration. We're just trying to come through on my, my cell phone. <laughs> I had to, I had to mute uh, the two hottest girls that have been released for WWE contracts. My bad. Ladies and gentlemen, only on this show are you going to get shit like that. Okay. I'm here with Rob Hochman, a guy who I found out about a long time ago, whose name I've heard forever. I've always wondered, you know, does this guy do interviews? What does this guy do? And then I find out he has a podcast and then through various forms that we won't go into here, I end up getting a hold of him and now he's here. Hi, Rob. What's happening? You're in hell now. I'll take your coat. Excellent. Well, you know what? They always told me when I was up in Connecticut that eventually I'd end up here. So it's good to be here. And it is uh, I've got my my air conditioning and my ceiling fan on uh, sitting here in my in my sports cave, if you will, where I do a lot of my uh, my master planning, staring at my actual real life Super Bowl trophy from the uh, Super Bowl 42 with the New York football Giants. Um, and it's great to be here. For those of you that don't know, this guy is more accomplished than most of us will ever be in our lifetimes. Super Bowl champion with the New York football Giants. One of the head creators of Crime Time, which we're going to talk about a lot here. Worked on DX, worked with The Rock. This guy's done it all. And we're going to dive into it. Rob, where do you want to start? You want to start with Crime Time? We can start wherever. You, you're you the guy driving the ship. I'm just, I'm just hoping we don't crash along the way. So I want to ask a question because I didn't get to ask you this the other night. And I don't think I actually know the answer to this. I know an answer to a lot of questions, but I don't know the answer to this one. When did Vince first get in contact with you about coming to Connecticut? Uh, that happened just after the night. Well, no, it was about 2000. It was before 9-11. Uh, it was actually August of 2000. Or the, yeah. No, sorry. It was August of 2001. Um, we had, the New York Giants had just lost to Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Um, and I was getting ready for my next, uh, football training camp with the New York football giants and Pat Hanlon, who's the vice president of the giants called me into his office. Uh, little to my knowledge, Vince had reached out to them and he had been harassing Pat Hanlon, wanting me to go up there. He finally sat down with Pat and explained what he had in store for me and Pat Hanlon, basically discussed my options with me which went something like this is going to be in the best interest for you so you have two choices you can either leave on your own accord or i will fire you and you will still go up to connecticut and make us all proud um i didn't want to leave without a 
Super Bowl ring. That was just my my goal in life. That was the goal I had set for myself, which, um, you know, they always say set lofty goals for yourself. So I did. I thought that was pretty lofty. Um, That's extremely lofty. He promised me that if if the Giants ever were to win a Super Bowl, uh, that he would contact me immediately. And he assured me um, all the the uh, the accolades and the Super Bowl ring that would come along with it uh, should they have won. And then obviously 2007 comes when they beat the undefeated Patriots. And he was on the phone with me maybe a week and a half, two weeks later. And he said, you might want to go to your nearest jeweler and get sized and hit me back with that. Um, Bet you love Eli Manning for that one. I do. I love you. I love Phil Sims. I love Jeff Hostetler. I love Eli twice as much. Um, I really never had a favorite football player. Um, so, you know, the Giants are just straight up my team. And and I think that's why I've fallen in love with the Giants as much as I have is because I've never fallen in love with a particular player as much as I have in other sports. So, um yeah, I mean, it started with the Giants. And then, um, like I said, Vince had called uh, Pat. Pat convinced me to, to go up there, and, and it was August of 2001. We were off to the races. So you get to Connecticut. You're there. Obviously, Sean's not there when you get there, correct? Sean had left at that point on one of his Sean. sabbaticals. Michael's. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sean was on one of his I Lost My Smiles. I think this one was I Did Too Many Drugs. <laughs> For those it, of you yeah. that don't know, lot... Rob will shoot straight from the hip and he will not care. You can call it a sabbatical. I mean, listen, I my friends were my friends were not the uh, uh, most um, uh, they, they're not going to heaven with halos on their heads and neither am I. Um, if anything, they're going to be extremely crooked. Uh, we, we've since since we've all grown up now and, and years and years and years have passed. Jeff Jarrett likes to call it the BS years, the before sobriety years. So we all did a lot of uh, things, you know, Drugs. extracurricular activities. Yes. And so those of us who've done those extracurricular activities will call each other's extracurricular activities what they are. They're flat out drugs. So before the Giants, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you you spent a little bit of time in WCW, right? Well, I, I worked for Turner Sports. I worked for the Goodwill Games, which was Ted Turner's uh, knockoff ripoff of the Olympics. And since the Olympics only uh, occurred every four years, he decided to come up with this concept where he would actually pay the Olympic athletes to participate in a thing called the Goodwill Games. And we had things, athletes such as Christy Yamaguchi. We had um, uh, the track and field guy, um, um, Michael something. He was an American track and field guy who was one of the fastest guys in the world. We had Carl Lewis, um, uh, a bunch of different people. Uh, We had the American gymnasts um, when they won the, um, uh, the the gold. things like that. I was working for them and Jim Oshis, who was working with WCW as well before he took the role of, of head of Goodwill Games, um, took me to Long Island when WCW was doing a Nitro 
and introduced me to um, Eric Bischoff, who when Nitro was over, we all went back to the Long Island Marriott. We all were uh, enjoying some beverages. And Eric asked me if I wanted to finish the last year of my degree, which I was getting at Seton Hall University. If I wanted to get that at the University of Georgia, he would pay for it and I would intern for WCW. I declined the offer because I wanted to finish school where I started, where all my friends were and everything like that. And the person who wound up taking that position was Jeremy Borash. Wow. Think about that. Borash, man. What a name, right? Jeremy Borash. That guy's done freaking everything. He has. He has. But, you know, a lot of people have asked me before. I still have my hair in my youth and uh he looks like Tales from the Crypt, but I love him. Love you, Jeremy. You're the best. Borash, if you listen to this show, we're sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, again, I calls it like I sees it. I, I remember the kid when we used to go to TNA, and it would be me and Ronnie Killings and Road Dog and uh, Simon and Swinger and Tracy Brooks and Mickey James. And we'd at Jeff Jarrett and Donnie West. We'd all go to Hooters first after Nashville. And uh, Jeremy was, he had a full bushy head of hair. He was so young. I and do sp- remember that version of Borash. And now look at him. Get a, get a, Google him now. And, uh, you, you know, uh, maybe he looks like, he looks like the, the great grandpa of Jeremy Borash. That poor guy. Do you know where he is now? Yeah, he's in WWE. Yeah. I didn't know that until a couple of years ago. And then one of my oh, yeah. told when, me. Yeah, he, when, when TNA started, or Impact, whatever you want to call them now, when they started to crumble. AKA when TNA left. All of the Impact guys started to jump ship and go to WWE. Like Abyss is over there writing. He's, a, he's a, um, uh, an agent. Uh, Jeff Jarrett went over there, obviously. He's no longer there. Jeremy went over there. Jeremy does all their video and editing and all those. Um, like when you see the uh, the vignettes that lead up to, uh, uh, you know, like a main event match or something, if we're watching a pay-per-view, that's all Jeremy Borash. And Jeremy was always phenomenal at that. Jeremy Jeremy had a another set of skills that I definitely didn't have. Um, so he has, he has definitely um, made made himself extremely valuable in the world of professional wrestling and, and in the world of, of um, TV and film. I mean, if, if wrestling ever collapsed for him, he's got uh, the ability to, to, to move on elsewhere. But um, even if he left WWE, I'm sure he would pick up with AEW because he's phenomenal with his, and I think, his technical I, skills. I think Tony would take him. Absolutely. Like I said, Jeremy is, has a skill set that I, I definitely – didn't have and he's got a um, resume that a lot of us don't have yeah yeah but he'll never have a super bowl trophy or a super bowl ring so and i'm sure every time you see him you remind him of that mm-hmm. i don't see he doesn't uh him and i don't really communicate all that often we'll we'll say hello to each other in in passing but um you know when you've accumulated some of the friends that i have that are not necessarily friends with him. Um, you just don't get along in passing. So it's, I mean, I'm cool with it. If, if, as long as, as long as nobody ever, I, I treat everybody the way they treat me. If you're nice to me, I'm nice back to you. Um, I'll, I'll joke with you. 
you know, I know I'm not perfect. So I know uh, I'm sure he said stuff about me or things certain ways about me. And, 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 and it's all good. We're, you know, we're all one big happy family. And as long as this business is thriving, I'm happy. He's happy. We're all happy. Well, if you watch raw, you would think the business is dead to be honest with you, but well, outside you know, of Bobby, outside of Bobby. And I think that's one thing me and you agree on is Bobby's a freaking rock star. And they, and if you were writing television right now, Bobby would be your guy, right? Yeah. Um, I definitely love what they've done with Bobby Lashley. Uh, Bobby is, is head and shoulders above just everybody. Um, and he's, he's phenomenal on the mic. He's obviously without goes without saying he's got a phenomenal physique. Um, he just looks good with the title around his waist. It looks right. And, yeah, and and one of the things that we always uh, looked at, you know, and, and I'm sure obviously still do, uh, is is how does the person look with the title around their waist? And and you and I were talking off air, um, and and I'll mention it here. There are certain guys, smaller guys, if you will, that just wouldn't look right with that ginormous belt around their waist. Uh, it would look like buying a replica title and sticking it on a four-year-old and him trying to hold it up because it's so big and he's so small. Um, and that's the kind of thing that they don't want. So when we start chopping guys who maybe weigh 160 pounds or 165 pounds soaking wet, there's a reason for it. And it's because they're never going to, they, they've basically plateaued in NXT or, uh, that mid card level that they may achieve in WWE when they get to the main roster. I hate calling it the main roster, but let's be honest. NXT is, is a breeding ground for Vince to destroy talent in raw and SmackDown. Uh, and let's talk about a couple guys that they cut recently that I thought were pretty much locks to either be future world champions. One of them was a former world champion. I thought Bronson Reed was a guy who you look at him and you say, this guy's a lock to be, one of Vince's guys and he's gone. The guy was yeah, on, he, the guy was headed to the main he, roster. He was shocking. He was he was definitely shocking. Uh but I you know Bronson Reed was more of a large roundish kind of character whereas you know compare him to a Bobby Lashley or a Drew McIntyre or a Brock Lesnar or um a Roman Reigns they're more of a big and built. Right. So there's... But Bronson there's was starting components. to look good towards the end of his NXT run. He was slimming down. I mean, well, here's the thing. We just don't... You, you get you only get so long to, to improve, um, uh, you know, to, to step your game up. Problem was, he wasn't there that long, I don't think. But let's talk about Bray Wyatt for a minute. Because I, sure. I think that's something that pissed us all off. I know it pissed you off because I talked to you about it the other night. You were talking the other night, and you were like, yeah, I wouldn't have done it. I definitely wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have cut Bray. Um, but I also was not a fan of the um, the Fiend character. Well, they just gave it to Alexa. That's all they did. And, I, and, I, and, and I'm not a fan of that either. I think that the whole, I think the whole winking doll and all this, you know, Fugazi bullshit that we do nowadays uh, is, is stupid because the fans are smarter. The, the, you know, this is, this is not 1980, this is 2021. So we've got to get 
we've got to get a little bit better with our stuff. There was nothing wrong with Alexa Bliss. I think the problem was the 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 Wyatt thing. The Wyatts were a little were hitting a little too close to home when they were going to the south. Um, so you know they had to change that up, and uh, you know the Fiend thing though. I think just got it just wasn't realistic. And and in this day and age, we're looking for something realistic. Uh, Bray Wyatt slash Rotundo is a um, phenomenal wrestler and a phenomenal mind for the business. They should have figured something out to do for him and with him. Um, and there were so backstage that, reports of, you know, he got angry at the creative team and blah, 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 blah. Do you freaking blame him? Not at all. Not at all. I'd talked get mad Buddy, too. Talked with Buddy Murphy the other day, and 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 you can hear that on our Perched on the Top Row podcast. He uh, he's pitched ideas before when he got to the main roster, and they basically fell on deaf ears. Didn't he pitch um, one where he would have went with Bray for a while? We didn't go through that. We didn't go through but that. He I thought I heard he that really... somewhere. Maybe it was bullshit. I don't know. I mean. Bray was kind of off on his own when he finally did that Fiend character, you know, and then they stuck him with Alexa and Vince's philosophy is, is if you feel the characters drowning, stick him with a hot girl. And that's like your life preserver, a title and a, and a, and a hot girl is your life preserver. Um, so stick him with a hot girl and let's see what happens. Maybe um, that explains Shawn Michaels in 1998. <laughs> Well, back then, that was that was what you did. If you needed to put some shine or some heat on a on a person or a, or a team, you gave them a belt or you gave them a chick, one of the two. Because let's not uh, forget, ninety eight, Sean was still relatively well disliked because of the whole Brett thing. Even the, all the smart fans back then, and there there were more of them in ninety eight than I think Cornette or anybody wants you to believe. Yeah, that were pissed at Sean and knew what Sean did. And we're like, dude, just F you. Get out of here. We like Hunter, but we don't like you. Because everybody likes Hunter. Like, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about Triple H. Have you? Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, I, I am now a fan. I am now a fan. Uh, back in the day i am i was not a fan when reign he, of terror when he, well when he had a start when he when he got hooked up with stephanie um and worked himself into a shoot well no when he when he started working with stephanie all his friends now um see he likes you he, he doesn't he doesn't care about you or, or want to hear from you or or anything like that when you have your demons or your issues um, the minute you find God, you're clean, you're sober, you're this, you're that, you're the other thing. He's he's a whole new world with you, and and to me that's two faced. How much of that um, is Stephanie? Because he wasn't uh, like that when he first got there, because he was friends with Nash and Hall. Well, well, Nash. Well, true. Um, you know, a, a lot of it probably is the corporate thing, but you know, um, out in public when the cameras are not on you. Uh, you don't have to be a douchebag, and I'll and I'll, you know, tell you, um, 
he was doing a book signing. If you remember, he wrote like a bodybuilding book way back. Oh, God. That thing and, didn't do well, by the way. For those of you well, that don't we, remember that, Triple H did write a book. It didn't do overly well. We were my, – my ex-wife and I went to North Carolina. Yeah. It's in North Carolina. And I knew – because of having been around there and worked there and stuff like that, I knew the guys, the agents that were with him and stuff like that. So while you weren't allowed to buy more than one book, I, of course, got my hands on 10. And my ex-wife had 10. And we went up there. And so with 10 books, he's it's got to take him a few minutes to write Triple H the game, Triple H the game, Triple H the game, all that fun stuff. So... I'm actually getting a chance to talk with him, and he looked up at me as I'm talking to him, and he goes, you're dog's friend, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am. How are you? How you been, buddy? And he goes, shittier now. You both can go to hell. Oh, okay, thank you. He don't like well, road dog no more? What the hell happened there? You're, you're an asshole too, buddy. How are you? <laughs> and, and shortly thereafter, the VKM gimmick came out in TNA. So I... I you know, I don't know. I just, you know, but nowadays he's he's like a cool laid back cat. Um, and I think, you know, he's more of a cool laid back cat now because um, Vince is now starting to shit on his baby. So that's 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 always fun to see, too. Well, they're doing to NXT what they did to OVW. What Laurinaitis did to OVW, rather. Well, here's the thing. And here's Vince's mantra. Vince has never lost in anything in his life. Well, I, I'm sorry. He's had two losses in his life. He's had the XFL and he's had that WBF bodybuilding, IWBF bodybuilding federation that he built. That was um, terrible. But, but professional wrestling wise, he's never lost. And he backed this NXT and he backed them so much. He backed them into a wall where they got into a war with AEW and that they couldn't unlike, win by the way. Like if you look back on it, they just, they, they couldn't, they couldn't compete. Well, the problem was you got into a you got into a gunfight with somebody who had an army. You got into a you got into a, a, a fight with someone who has, you know, eight billion dollars more than you do and and wasn't afraid to just throw money around. They threw three point two five million dollars at CM Punk. Um, That's not and, public, by the way. That's the first time anybody's probably hearing that number. So so, you know, that's that's why you're seeing certain things, you know, in in what are we at next week? Is it is it Saturday or Sunday? It's that Sunday. We're that's all, all out. We're all yes. <laughs> we're all yes for for three point one five million dollars. OK, so what I'm saying oh, is what? Why are we just leaking contract information? <laughs> I'm fine with it. So what I'm trying to say is um, money talks, bullshit walks. And they weren't going to get these kind of numbers without AEW there. Uh, so Vince obviously wasn't going to be paying Daniel that kind of money. Um, and and when a certain <clears throat> Rotundo shows up. Uh, uh, he's going to Impact, apparently, according to a report today. Don't re read the reports. Read the guy, not the reports. Um, 
because I can tell you right now, as part of Perched on the Top Rope in 2022, I know a certain someone who will be doing appearances, but I can neither confirm or deny those right now. You'll just have to stick with Perched on the Top Rope anywhere you download Guys, your the, local the link to Rob's podcast, it's fantastic. I didn't even know it existed until a couple of days ago, but I have listened to a lot of it. All them guys are great over there. Go listen to them. Obviously, keep listening to this show. Unless you don't Absolutely. Like no, keep listening. Keep listening. Listen to both. Download them both. All right, let's get into what I really get, get into some meat and potatoes here. Let's go. Let's get into potatoes. Let's go to 2006. All right. Okay. You're in WWE, right? Yeah. When's the first time you hear about Shad and JTG? When's the first time you hear these guys are coming and we want you to do something for them? Um, I was called into an office. They were working in OVW slash the Cornette area. Yes. Um, I think Cornette had so, left by this point, but no, 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 no. He still had them. He still had them. Um, and he was in OVW. Cornette was running uh, the 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 OVW down there, um, or Smoky Mountain, if you will. Um, and that's where these two guys were. And they were supposedly good down there, uh, but they were not prime time. So. They were going to be brought up and put together, and I was called into an office, and Vince said, um, do you think you're ready for your own individual deal? And I said, sure, what do you got? And he goes, I got an up-and-coming team. They're hot. They're good. And you got to figure out how to get them over in four weeks. And I said, okay, what is it? And he goes, these two. And I was like, okay. I mean, they were built. They were big. They were. Uh, well, JTG you know, wasn't overly big, but he was. He 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 wasn't tall, but he was jacked up. And yeah, Shad Gaspar obviously was six. God, boom, six six, <laughs> six seven. I mean, the guy was a beast. Guy's um, a monster. Yeah. Uh, and and JTG was jacked up. Um, and he looked, he, he was wearing those overalls. He almost looked like Nelly from, uh, the longest yard. He was, he just reminded me of that. He was jacked up beyond belief. Um, and, and I was like, okay, I mean, at least they don't, they're not, uh, sticks and whistles. Uh, we're good. At least and, they don't look like, you know, freaking Pat Patterson in the seventies. Yeah. You got that going for you. Well, no, they don't look like uh, the the tag team champions of AEW. Um, what's their names again? The um... Rob, you watch AEW. You know you do. We just talked about this last night. The, yeah, they didn't look like them. Um, you know. Look, so... I don't like the Young Bucks either. I'll I'll give you that. I don't like the Bucks either. You know, so they 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 were they were a good looking tag team, and um, so I I you have about twenty four hours to sit down and think about things and think about things and i'll be honest with you i really didn't think much about it and (laughs) we went on the road and we were in i forget where we were but it was about midnight one in the morning and i went up to the office if you will um and he said what do you got for me and we started doing shots and we started drinking and we started having fun and I said, picture it. They go into a 7-Eleven and they rob it 
but when they're done robbing it, they rap to the security camera and give shout outs to all their friends. Just and he's in like, concept, just the dumbest shit you've ever fucking heard in your life. Yeah. And, and it was mainly half of it was I was probably wasted and drunk and, and, and high and half of it just sounded funny. And he was like, well, what's the point? And I said, because who would rob the store and pull their mask down? And I almost did the pitch to him, and I'm doing it with my hands right now, the same way he pitched Mark Henry the hand, you know, when when Mae Young gave birth to the hand. I want to know how that got on television. He said, it's a hand. And I said, it's funny because it's stupid. And he goes, he sat back, sat in his chair, and he goes, he started laughing, and he goes, it's funny because it's stupid. And I said, exactly. And he ran off like he pitched the idea, and away we went. And we robbed the 7-Eleven, and everyone was like, what the hell are they doing? And he's like, it's funny because they're stupid. How did and you like the- working with those guys, though, Shad and JTG? How were they to work with? Because I've heard nothing but good things. They were awesome. They were awesome. Um, just anything we wanted them to do, they were like, "Yeah, we could do it." Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and I and and you know, the second week, I'll never forget. Uh, we 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 robbed the guy on the ten speed under the Brooklyn Bridge, <laughs> and they were like, "What's the concept?" And I'm like who rides their 10 speed under the Brooklyn bridge where all the homeless people are. And they're like, exactly. So, Oh, cause it's stupid. So your yes. idea was to make these guys look like a fucking couple of idiots that don't know what the hell they're doing. No, I mean like everything they kind of fell into. It was funny. And it was meant the, 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 the old, the age old adage in the back is if you pop the boys, you, you'll pop the crowd. And and our, con- our 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 philosophy was if if it's good enough to make everybody laugh in the back, then and and if you had that the guy the guy writing all the checks if he's bouncing up and down in his eight thousand dollar leather chair, um, then then we're on to something good. Um, so you know by the fourth week of vignettes, he came up to me and he said, "I just hope they can work as good as you can make us laugh." And you know. They could they work absolutely, but were we ever given a, a fair shake? Absolutely not. So, you know, funny enough, uh, that ten speed thing under the Brooklyn Bridge—that was the first time I saw a crime time vignette. Like as a kid, that was the first my first exposure to crime time. That was, I mean, yeah, we had we had fun doing all of those. I mean, go back and Google the Seven Eleven one, or I, I think they call it convenience store. Um, but it's definitely like you could tell it's a fucking Seven Eleven. Yeah, I mean we had we had a blast, um, and and doing all that, working with them, and when I worked for WWE, it was a different uh, atmosphere and way of going about things. Nowadays, everyone goes back to their room and plays video games. Um, you know nobody goes out and has fun anymore nobody hangs out anymore nobody just sits and talks anymore now we all gotta isolate in our room and it's not because of covid i'm talking about even pre-covid 
um, everyone's got to isolate in their room and, and they bring their PlayStations on the road with them. And I'm like, what is this? What are we in, in the sixth grade here that we all, you know, let's all go back to my room and play Madden. Yay. What? I mean, you know, what, don't you guys want to go to like the steakhouse down the street or something like what the fuck? Yeah, nobody does anything like that. They they order in and and, like, and they don't they, even have to drink if they don't want to drink. Fine. Then I'm cool with not drinking. Listen, it's it's it, I'm I'm clean and sober and I, you know, and I'm fine with it. I, I but I enjoy a social atmosphere. I can I can sit in a bar and if you want to have a drink, that's cool. Hey, Luke. And, and if I don't want to, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with a with a lemon in a water. Um I'm good with that, but I'm I'm also like a social person, and I like a social atmosphere. So if 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 that can't go on, the one thing that I truly enjoyed recently, um, AEW obviously due to the pandemic was taping in Jacksonville for a long time, and Sonny Ono, who used to be in WCW, um, manager to the stars there, he used to manage Ultimo Dragon, um, uh, Great Muda. A lot of your, your foreign, Japanese, and, and Mexican talent. Weren't they going to put him with Meng at one point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that ever happened. I can't it, remember. It didn't. It didn't. But, but I remember that being a thing. Like, they were going to put him with Meng. And I can't remember who said it, but somebody said that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard, and it's not going to fucking work. Well, the the main reason why they wanted to put why Sonny was always used was he was, he was a mouthpiece for the guys who couldn't speak English. Right. So... You know, and, I don't and know why we, Vince never got him, but we pitched that concept to Vince, Vince recently numerous times for people like Oscar as well as Shinsuke Nakamura, and it was shot down time and time and time again. Sonny so with so. Shinsuke would have been great. Well, absolutely. And if you actually Google the internet, as the great Eric Bischoff likes to say, you you probably will come across a picture most recently, like I said, when we were in AEW, uh, when Yuji Nagata fought John Moxley. Great match. The night the night before. Shinsuke Nakamura drove up from Orlando, met us at the hotel in Jacksonville. We took us all out to a Korean barbecue, um, and it was myself, Sonny Ono, uh, Yuji Nagata, uh, a cheerleader from the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, uh, uh, Rocky Romeo from Romero. Uh, New Japan. Romero, thank you. Uh, for, I always call him. <laughs> <I> always... <laughs> we love you, Rock, by the way. I always, I always, I always call him that. He's like, that's not my name, but I, I just keep saying it. Um, and then Yuji's young boy, uh, who also fought in, in AW Dark that same weekend. Um, we all went out and I even told Shinsuke that. And he was like, that would have been a great idea. Um, but they think my English is get is improving, but I know it's not. I mean, and he's speaking to me just like that. So he does speak very well English. Um, problem is it would have come across better if he cuts his you know angry japanese promo against whoever he's gonna fight and we had this whole thing pitched for for him and aj styles where he would cut this long japanese promo they botched that thing at mania with him and aj by the way well that this was the concept we we pitched this idea where he runs through japanese and he's 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 saying all this stuff to aj and AJ looks at Sonny and says, what the hell did he say? And Sonny says, he said, you suck. <laughs> and and after this, you know, like three minute long Japanese speech, all Sonny has to say is you suck. 
AJ would flip out and be like, well, I brought you here to, to, to translate. And he goes, I'm an interpreter. And I interpreted the fact that he said, you suck. And that would have started the whole trend of, of him managing Shinsuke Nakamura. Was Sonny cool like with it? Like, did he want to do it or did it not get oh, the Oh, hell yeah, he wanted to do it. Hell yeah. Sonny and I sit, uh, Sonny calls me four times a day. Matter of fact, my phone is buzzing right now, and it is Sonny Ono. I am—I kid you not, as we are doing this podcast, he is calling me on the phone right now. Um, and I will get back to our TV concept. We've got a great television concept for Fight TV that, that's going to be coming out next year. Um, and, and every day he calls me to update me on it, and it's just it's, it's hilarious, and we'll get into it later. But, yeah, I, we're, we're – we're, the, the the wheels on the train have gone off the rail here, Benny boy. Um, uh, they, they, we Rob, started with crime time, and we've 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 circled to Shinsuke Rob, Nakamura. Rob, it's me and you. I don't think there were ever any wheels on the train. I think the thing's just skidding along, and I think there's just someone sitting up front hoping they don't die. Well, here's here's my point. I I remember where I was going with this. So we were in we were in Jacksonville at AEW, and the fun part about being up there and this is a credit to them, is Shinsuke, when Shinsuke came up, he was sitting in the, in the hotel bar that was, it was closed, but he was sitting in that hotel bar area. And uh, the girls of the, the hotel had opened up the bar just if we wanted something, they would get it for us. So we went down there. Yuji was late. He called Sonny. He said, please go down and entertain uh, Mr. Nakamura. We went down there. And lo and behold, as we get there and we're hanging out with Shinsuke, here comes Chris Jericho, here comes MJF, here comes Britt Baker, here comes uh, Sean Spears. And I have to every- pause you for a second. Is Britt as much of just a sweetheart badass as everyone says she is? She's my favorite of all time. And she became my favorite of all time that night. And I'll tell you how she became my favorite. I work for Walt Disney World right now, and Walt Disney provides us health insurance. But when they provide you health insurance, you actually have to go in and you have to name a a physical doctor and a physical dentist and a physical eye doctor because they give you, uh, you know, medical, vision, and dental. And I named her as my dentist. And my wife said to me, you're choosing a dentist that is like an hour away. Why? We have our dentist that is down the street. And I said, because I want my dental card to read Dr. Britt Baker. And she's like, why? Do you even know what the heck you chose? And I said, yes. And AEW came on television. She opened up the, the AEW Dynamite. And I said, look at what the name says. And she goes, you got to be kidding me. And I said, nope. And that's the real girl on the card. And we went to Jacksonville. And she's sitting with Sonny. She thought Sonny was the cutest thing in the world. She called him her, her little Sonny. And, um, was Shivani <laughs> there? Because it seems like he's everywhere. Shivani was there. Yep, Shivani was there. Uh, Jerry Lynn was there. Dean Malenko was there. And she called him her little Sonny. And Sonny goes, oh, yeah, well, my friend Rob's got one better. And she goes, what's that? And I, he goes, pull out your medical card. And so I pulled out my dentist card from Disney, and I showed it to her. And she goes wow you're serious and i was like 
yeah, we had to name a dentist. This, <laughs> I mean, I had to put something on the card, and I wanted it to read Dr. Britt Baker. I could take the card anywhere, but I just wanted it to say Dr. Britt Baker on there. And she thought that was the greatest thing in the world. But the point of the story was everyone was socializing, drinks. Some people had drinks. Some people had sodas. Some people had waters. It didn't matter. But everyone was like a family there. And that hotel bar that was closed quickly became open quickly had four bartenders behind it and quickly had everybody having the time of their life and the best part is tony khan pays for a a spread the night before aw dynamite in the hotel everyone is running back and i wasn't privy to all this and they come out and they're like would you like us would you like turkey would you like roast beef would you like and we everyone was just sharing everything and it was like a smorgasbord and everyone was just having a phenomenal time. And you don't get that concept right now in WWE. Over in AEW, whether it's Chris Jericho and Chris and I sat for, for a good amount of time talking New York Rangers hockey. We, we talked uh, rock and roll. We didn't talk wrestling. You know, that was the best part. And he remembered me from, from working there and remembered me from being with, with road dog, Jesse James and, and that sort of thing. We didn't talk wrestling. We talked hockey. We talked uh, rock and roll. We talked Kiss. We talked Madison Square Garden. Uh, you know, and that was the fun part of, of this whole thing. MJF, I was shocked. My one dog is a bulldog, Max. He's, I call him Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Um, and I stole it because of MJF. But his real name is Max. My dog's name is Max. But I now call him MJF for short. Um, but he was the coolest kid in the world. And I know he's going to hate me for saying it, but he was one of the nicest guys in the world. You're breaking kayfabe, Rob. What the fuck? Yeah, well, well, I'm sorry. I've done it once before. I'll do it again. He was one of the nicest guys in the world. Shook hands. He had his little protein shakes, um, which, like I said, some drank water, some had protein shakes, some had sodas, some had vodkas, Chris Jericho. Um, it, didn't, it didn't matter what we were doing. We were, have, we were all together as a family having fun. That was such an enjoyable time for me. And you weren't even um, technically part of the family. You were just there. I wasn't. I was. Yuji just said, this is my friend Rob. And they were like, hello, Rob. And that was it. You know, some of the guys knew me because of WWE and everything. But other than that, you know, the newer ones like Britt Baker and, and Sean Spears and people like that didn't necessarily know me. Um, and And still just welcomed me with open arms. So I, I, it was it was a great time. It was a great time, and that's that's where I was trying to to go with that that story was, um, you know, one WWE company's culture now. is one way, and the other was very different. Yeah, because I think the company culture in WWE right now is if you get caught in a bar or something like that, you're kind of frowned upon big time. Whereas AEW is like, man, just come to work loose and enjoy life. And if we've learned anything from people like, um, uh. Um, Mox well <laughs> he takes things to a whole new level I'm talking about wrestlers who've, who've left us way too soon you Brody. don't know well especially Brody you don't know when uh, your number is going to be up so enjoy life don't don't just run into a room and play PlayStation for God's sake um, well you here's know, the thing WWE is so corporate Rob they're so over corporatized they're so fucking so, out there so you're telling me executives don't drink executives don't socialize executives i've don't have met a life. very few executives 
Okay. And the um, ones I've met. Well, no, I'm not saying executives don't drink or whatever. I'm saying WWE is so over-corporatized and they, like you said, they frown upon their guys going into bars, their girls going into bars, whatever, that they've almost kind of banished them, if you will, back to their hotel rooms. Which is sad, which is why they're losing talent left and right. Would you want to be there right now if you had to if you had to go no. back in the wrestling business and they said okay. I was asked no, I was asked to go to NXT and I said no no thank you once once uh my my dearest and closest friend Road Dog Jesse James was no longer there the answer was no no thank you no can do no how now the fact and this was only because I didn't want to go on the road um, I hate leaving home i hate being away from home i i truly uh empathize with all the wrestlers who don't want to do it uh you know especially after they get released and they're like i don't want to do appearances i don't want to do this i don't want to do that you know that's why Britt went to AEW, right because the travel's lower well that's why everyone is going to AEW. (laughs) but even now AEW is back on the road see i didn't like even doing monday night raws and friday night smackdowns uh, when we had to do them and we did we did a Monday and taped on a Tuesday and they aired it on a Friday or a Thursday depending on when Smackdown was so I didn't even like doing that because I just don't like planes I don't like leaving my house NXT probably now that we know that they're going to crap on it wouldn't be such a bad thing for me but I don't want that pressure anymore I like listening to people who call me from uh, you know from the comfort of their home telling me they have no idea how to link their Walt Disney World tickets and I can do it in one two three and I send them on their way I I, I really and I only do that for you know 20 hours a week I really don't want to be bothered um, you know and I and that's why the older I got the more I understand the concepts of CM Punk and people like that and Brock and Brock where especially Brock my god I would hug and kiss that guy um well he was just burnt out man it's just you just don't when you have everything that you need and you don't need to work uh the the idea of leaving home and and leaving your peace and comfort for you know all the crap that comes with going on the road with WWE, you just don't need it. Um, you know, I people ask me that I used to do autograph sessions and, and signings and things like that with talent. And I stopped doing it for a while. And people asked me why. And I said, because I just didn't want to leave my house. It wasn't that I didn't want to do them. I just didn't want to leave my house. Um, you know, I've, I've got a, a great life now here in Florida and I, and I just didn't want to leave my house. November is going to be a different story because, you know, uh, uh, Cassie and, and Jesse, the, the former Iconics, now the inspiration, um, are going to be touring with us. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but are they touring it, with your company? Cause for those that don't know, Rob has a company. Or are they touring with Disney? They're touring with my company perched on the top rope. And they will be at the big event, New York, November 13th. And they will be at uh, um, Superstars and Legends of Wrestling, uh, November 14th in Albany, New York. Um, and tickets can be found on eventbrite.com um, or um, on Facebook and all those other links that they have out there. But I, you get the tickets through Eventbrite. But yeah, they got me and they live here down the road from me. I mean, they live five minutes from my house um you know 
they got me to get up and and try and do this one more time otherwise i got 14 rescue dogs here i enjoy life you know i i've got chickens in the back i've got a koi pond i've got i've got enough things to keep you me don't busy need to be here. booking again it's fuck, fuck that i'm i'm a regular brock lesnar just uh, a tenth of his size and probably a tenth of his wealth at this gesture absolutely uh, because, you know, he probably got paid like $7 million just to breathe at SummerSlam. But uh, I've still got more hair than him. But And I would never put my hair in that little onion ponytail. Okay, so let's get back on the whole you book. Let's get back on the schneid here. So uh, first I want your opinion. Where's Adam Cole going? If you had to guess. AEW, 100%. Why wouldn't you want to be with your, your girlfriend slash fiance? Especially if she looks like that. Anyway. Uh, but okay. So do you think there's a chance he goes back to Vince or do you think he's just out? I think he's out because I think he, he knows he hit the plateau of, he hit the ceiling in NXT. Do you think he just accepted it and moved on? Cause I've heard he's a nice guy. He's a phenomenal guy. He's awesome. Um, but I think he realizes there's, there's the ceiling he hit in NXT and then there's going to WWE and not being able to uh, achieve the goals that he set for himself. And I think he has a better chance of achieving those goals that he set for himself in a company like an AEW. Um, and, and the reason I say AEW is because no other company right now has, and he's been to Japan, so no other company right now here in the United States has the ability to help him achieve the goals that, that he has set for himself, which is to be, you know, even better than he already is. He's great, but he, he, he always wants to get better. And he wasn't going to get that opportunity going to SmackDown or Raw. Do you think Punk made the right decision going to AEW? Absolutely. 100%. Even, even if it was half the money, do you think it would have been the right decision? It, AEW was going to be his only choice. His only uh, he, he was only going to go to AEW. Do you think he burned was, a bridge back to Connecticut or what? I don't think he gives a crap because he he'll never go back there. Who in AEW that has jumped ship? Let's just say Brian Danielson is there. Do you think there's a bridge for Brian to go back if this whole thing crumbles and burns? Sure. Or do you sure. think that that? Bridges past that time has passed, and he's just. It done. depends on it depends on when the 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 it, the company supposedly crashes and burns. If I, it does, when, I don't see it crashing and burning. What I see happening is, you know, and I've said this to to numerous people. What I see happening is uh, Tony's father finally saying, you know, at the end of the day, it's fun and all, but this is a business, and you're not turning any profit. And we've got to start to turn the edge here sooner or later. And he's not turning the edge. 1.17 million or whatever they they did when Punk returned um, is not earth shattering. Now, um, who knows what their all out buys are? I've heard their all out numbers are really high. Well, let's let's that's going to be the that's going to be the deciding factor because TV is not what it used to be. And I and I say this on our show all the time. Ratings aren't worth anything anymore because nowadays you have three sets of ratings you have the the overnight you have the the three day and you have the seven day 
Um, and the way that works is nowadays, since we have DVRs, you have the overnight rating, which is exactly what how many people watched live when it was on. Then you have the, the, the overnight plus three, which is when you DVR something, you have three days to watch it for it to register as a, as a, as a view. Um, and then you have, then you fall into the, the, the overnight plus seven, and that's, you have seven days to watch it. And if you haven't watched it within seven days, your, your number fell off. So let's say you DVR Monday Night Raw tonight. If you don't watch it until next Monday um, and you watch it, seven o'clock going into or or you know five o'clock going into eight o'clock um that didn't count for a viewer do you watch so, these three hour raws by the way like can you tolerate those um i'll dvr them and i'll fast forward through them and you'll bang your head against the freaking not really because if you've ever watched wrestling and fast forward it's it's great because you could fast forward through all the crap and if the and if the crap match is even crappier it ends even faster wow <laughs> so, so just imagine how how fast the matches went when like the bella twins were on that thing was like you if you blinked or you took a sip of your drink or whatever the match was over not a fan of the bella twins are you <laughs> no they can s- suck rotten eggs uh, what Bree was That's... fine. Bree was t- tolerable. It's it's her sister that's a problem. Well, okay, I think they. <laughs> or do you just think know. they're both a problem? And I, I think they were a little too close to their stepdad. Yeah. At one time. Yeah. Before before the stepdad was married to their mom. How'd you get your bookings? Mm. All right. Yeah, so <laughs> moving on from implications of whatever the fuck. And that's just a, uh, what? The fact that the two of them banged jo- jo- uh, Laronitis? I, I'm not sure that happened. but Miami uh, Miami Beach, WrestleMania 29, when Rock and Cena were going at it. For the second time. And we were in the bar. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you were there, yeah. So was my wife. <laughs> she saw it herself. She was in the lock. She was in actually the restroom, and she came out and goes, "These two were arguing about who they're gonna bang first. Who was Johnny Ace?" And I went, "That guy. The guy that so. sounds like he's gonna fucking hack up a lung every time he fucking breathes. Mm-hmm. Is he, he as much of a was... douchebag as everyone says he is? Uh, beyond. I couldn't. I couldn't." describe how truly douchey this guy is but yes so he is every bit of the dick bag and the sleep oh yeah oh yeah he actually he actually lived he has a house next door to one of my best friends who was the manager of the um the minor league baseball team for the atlanta braves the single a baseball team and my buddy's name, his name is Marty. His real name is Marty, but it, we, his nickname is Missile because his father is the baseball coach. His name is Rocket Wheeler. And uh, so he said, Missile said to me, he goes, tell, tell John Laronitis that you live next to Rocket Wheeler. So I didn't want to talk to Johnny Ace because me and Johnny don't get along. So, of course, what do I do? I send my wife the guinea pig over and say, just go over there and tell him, you know, Rocket and Missile Wheeler. So she's like, okay, a couple of tequilas in. She goes over and he goes, which house? I've got four. 
And she's like, well, excuse me. <laughs> I have no clue. And he's like, I've got four houses. I'm rich. And look at these girls. And he's got his arms around the two, the two bimbos. Um, so, yeah. Uh, By the way, get... if Nikki and Bree ever hear this, I'm not that sorry because I never liked you anyway. I didn't mind Bree just because of Brian. But Nikki, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Oh, yeah, have another glass of wine when you're listening to this one, Nikki. And, oh, and another go fuck yourself, Jim Cornette. Fuck you. Hey, wait a minute. That's my uncle. At Is- least when I was doing shows and managing the Midnight Express, I played the nephew of Jim Cornette, Rob Cornette. And you could find probably those things on YouTube, too. If you Google those, you'll find me taking the twist of fate and the swanton bomb from Jeff Hardy. You know he's buried whoever the you know he's buried you right who Cornette. i know Cornette. well called you a geek or whatever he said i don't fucking remember Cornette. Cornette hates me because i was on the wrestling the wwe hidden treasures uh-huh and i was the one who won the andre the giant mask and who did i win it from sonny ono what were we talking about before how sonny ono calls me four times a week guess what we rigged it against WWE. Sorry, I didn't want to sound like Joe Biden there. Um, but, um, yeah, we knew the whole time we were going to stick that mask up WWE's keister. Um, and he wound up calling me Jim from Cincinnati wins the Andre the Giant mask. And I kept harassing him and harassing him and harassing him. And he, and he said, and it, so that's where he starts yelling at me. Because I said, my name is Rob from Orlando, not Jimmy from Cincinnati. Get it right. And we we dig him all the time. We dig him all the time. It's so my easy. Other... Well, you know, he's a cranky old man. He's like the guy that yells at you to get off his lawn. Um, and he's constantly yelling about everybody to get off his lawn. It's like, Jim, shut up already. And like, okay. So Read your magazine. Did you ever meet Kenny cellar. Bowen by chance? Of course. Great fucking guy. Yeah. I've He's actually been on this show before, by the way. I, okay. I meant to tell you that, but Kenny Bowen's been on the show. He's been on here a couple times, and he'd tell me fucking stories, and I'd be like, holy shit. But, like, it, it's like they're two opposite people, Cornette and Bowen. Compare those two. They're, they're nothing alike. Bowen's yeah. just like, I like people. And Cornette's like, fuck you. Yep. What? Yep. That's exactly what it is. And I don't get it because it's like, I don't get Cornette's point of view on fucking anything, to be quite honest with you. He thinks it's 1975. Yeah, I know. And he's like, it's still real to me, damn it. Well, you're the only one left. That guy was my ring announcer too once. (laughs) It's still real to me guy. We yeah. brought him in just and made him cry in the middle of the ring before he announced the main event. Yeah, I did a lot of messed up things. I, 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 it's <laughs> like, I don't get why Cornette thinks it's funny to just shit on AEW. Well, th- a lot of the things AEW does is pretty, you know, and he's not a fan. Jimmy's not a fan of, of people just coming in with, with new wealth and, and running. The cons are not new wealth. Wait, in the wrestling business, they are. They just decided, hey, I'm going to give you a few billion dollars. Go play with it. And 
that's that's what we call new wealth in the wrestling business you didn't you they they didn't come up from you know years and years and years like vince mcmahon well you so, could argue vince didn't even come up from years and years and years he bought it sure from his dad well who who got it from his grandfather and so on and so forth that's that's generational that's the true. cons just came in, you know, the other day and 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 threw some money at. And some we're guys like, hey, we're gonna have a wrestling us. promotion. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, and and again, there's a reason they got moved to TBS, and it's not not just because of basketball and hockey. It's a lateral so, move by all considerations. Yeah. Okay. And I'm the Pope. Yeah, but... Are you okay? I want. You know more than I do. I view it as a lateral move. How do you view it? Because I'm I've, willing to hear your point I of view. I view it as your numbers suck, and we're going to put you on our second network. But they claim publicly that they're so happy with AEW. Why would they do that? Well, that what are you supposed to say to something that you invested in? I mean, they did invest in the company. So what are you supposed to say? We made a bad investment, and this is trash? Well, you don't they, want to tell you don't want to tell your stockholders and shareholders that. Well, so they're they already talking about extending them again, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Though. Well, they'll extend them on TBS because TBS just has reruns of of The Big Bang Theory. So what, and what are you going to do? You're going to lose what? Well, yeah, you're going to lose a few hours of Friends and a few hours of The Big Bang Theory for for live pro wrestling. And, and maybe one re-airing of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And hopefully people tune in on TBS. It's going to take it's going to take a minute for the people to, to realize that the channel has changed. So when they do flip that switch, you're going to see you're going to see the numbers, the rating go down for probably a month. Here's the thing. And I know this because you told me you like AEW's product, correct? Like as a whole. Oh, absolutely. I think they got yeah. the right idea there. I think they know what they're doing. At least there's people there that do. I'm not saying Tony himself does. I'm saying there's people around him that do. And, yeah. And Tony's got an eye for talent. I'll give him that. He knows who's good. Then again, he fucked up Miro for a year. Let's not forget that. You know, AEW's going to make mistakes. But here's my thing. If AEW called... You know, name a wrestler or a former booker you'd like to see get back in the business that you'd think AEW should go get. Na- None. You think their booking's fine? I, I don't think their booking's fine, but, they, they, you know, the bookers that, that I would bring back are dead. Would, so, would Road Dog it, go in there and just clean house? I don't know that he would. I don't know that he would want to do that. And Billy's I don't know there. That they, I. Who? Billy Gunn's there. Yeah. Um. You know, I just don't. I just don't think that. Um, I. I. I don't think Brian. Brian's another one that I just don't think he wants to go on the road anymore. You know, he loves. He loves his life. He was one of the ones that started the, the whole damn thing like that, and I was like come on Brian come on Brian and he was like nah man you don't understand I just love kicking back and just chilling here in isn't my that why he went to TNA when he did because he's like I'm fucking sick of traveling yeah yeah and he only had to go and and I remember when he first started at TNA and the, he he would he would go up the night before sit in his hotel room go to TNA and that night 
after TNA was over, he would drive back to Pensacola. And he never wanted to stay, never wanted to stay. And then the one night I was living in South Carolina, my friends and I went up there because we were starting a show for Vince. And I told him I was coming up and he wound up staying. And he even freaked Jeff Jarrett out when he showed up at Hooters. And Jeff was like, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, if Rob's here, I'm here. And Jeff just put his head in his hands and knew it was on. Did, were you still with Vince at this point when you were yeah. mucking around yeah. in TNA? Did he know you yeah. were down there or did you just? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I went and I actually, I actually booked Jeff Jarrett versus Road Dogg in the main event of a show that was showcasing undercard talent for Vince. And the reason I did that was because I needed ass in the seats. And the only way I was going to get that, he wasn't going to give me, Vince wasn't going to float me any of his talent. So I had to go get my own talent. So I did. Well, this was what, 04, 05? It had to be. Yeah. Yeah. It was 04. Yeah. And, and it was funny. I needed a women's match. And I went up to Mickey James slash Alexis Larie in Hooters. And I invited her to come to Myrtle Beach, and she said she couldn't do it, uh, unfortunately. And she wound up, that was when she went up to WWE. And, and I went ended up, up running into her again. About- I ran into her, and I was like, how you doing? Remember me? And she's like, not really. And I said, Hooters. And Vince was like, I understand you didn't want to do his show. And she was like, I, 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 I. And I was like, it's cool. We got uh, Tracy Brooks and uh, um amber o'neill neither one of them are as good as mickey james in the ring by the way didn't didn't need you though didn't need you it's okay <sighs> but both are smoking hot or were smoking hot are smoking hot however you want to look at it um however you want to breathe that sense so you know i i i was i was okay in the in the uh women's wrestling department so do you think and honestly i don't know how do you think if in the event WWE is sold, we don't know that they will be anytime soon. I think they will be, but I'm in the minority there. I don't know what you think. I'm sure they are open for business. I'm sure they um it's it's going to come down to 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 two companies. It's going to come down to NBC Universal and it's going to come down to to Disney. Um nobody else is going to to have all of the platforms that are needed uh, to make the purchase worthwhile. And coming They're, from people I trust, Disney's the front man on that, right? Well, probably. Um, I would venture to say Disney would throw more money at them just to, to get it. Um, they have the, the better platforms. They obviously have UFC going for them right now on their ESPN+. Plus. That Peacock um, app is fucking terrible. And the Peacock, well, you know, Peacock doesn't think it is, but the rest of the world does. Do you think it's terrible? I do. I think it's horrendous. I think it's horrendous. And if you ever try and watch, you know, pay-per-view on the, you know, live. Hey, NBC, if you're listening to this, NBC, if anybody on NBC Universal is fucking listening to this, I don't see why you would be. But if you are. This thing is awful. I I, I (laughs) actually, I actually. We were watching, uh, wasn't SummerSlam. Money was in the, the Bank. Money in the Bank. And the whole thing just crapped out. Yep. And I had to call my, my podcast partner, Lee Walker, and I was like, so is it my internet? 
because I'm in Florida. We got storms. Did my shit crap out or what? And he's like, no, no, go to this website. We're all watching it on this. This peacock sucks. And sure yeah. enough, the website didn't crap out. I was watching it, you know, like a bootleg feed or something like that. But it was the only way you could watch the, the remainder of the pay-per-view that night because the damn peacock network shit the bed. The damn cock. Just yeah. shit everywhere. Fuck. It does. It does. And if you ever, like, you know, I do a lot of these watch-alongs and things like that. And they're like, go to season two, episode 58. And what the? What? What are you talking about? Tell me why a year. You, why can't you just tell me to go to 1996, March 3rd, and, and let me. But that's not how Peacock does it. So you can't do it that way. So that's why everything always gets messed up. Because, okay, here's an old saying. And I actually heard this from a cornet shoot many, many years ago. Vince would always call it mentally masturbating. You know, that's kind of what we do when we think about being able to actually just scroll through the years instead of the seasons. We're mentally, we're stroking ourselves off in our mind thinking about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Am I wrong? Absolutely. No, not at all. It's just fucking mental masturbation. That's it. Did you ever hear him say that? Is that something he actually said or did Cornette pull it out of his ass? No, Cornette pulled it out of his ass. Cornette definitely pulled it out of his ass. One million percent. How much of what Cornette said on those U shoots did he just pull out of his patukas? Uh, I got 50-50. Most of the stuff he said about Sean, I'm guessing, is mostly true. Yeah. Yeah. Cornette really doesn't lie. Cornette's kind of like me. He doesn't he doesn't give a crap anymore. See, it, why Th- that's lie? fine. There's no point if in you lie. That. If you lie, you can't remember. You know the problem with lying? You can't remember all the lies that you tell. So therefore, if you just stick with, with the facts, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent, you don't have to worry about anything. That's kind of how I see it. Do you want to tell the John Cena story you told me the other night? Uh, the shots? Yes. <laughs> I want you to tell this on the air because I was rolling on the fucking floor laughing at this shit. So we were in, we, we went up to Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, for a house show and one of Cena's least favorite things. If you've ever listened to the man talk, well, this was, this was back when he was, he was, he was still the champ. He was good. Um, it was around 2005. Yeah. 2005. So we didn't hate Um, house shows yet. No, this was definitely 2005. Um, and we went up to Greensboro and the house show had ended. We went back to the hotel and there's, there's actually a side note to this too. So you'll love the ending of this story. So is this something was, I didn't hear the other night. Yeah. I didn't, I don't know if I told you this. So we go up there and, and the girl I was, I was with, she wasn't with me. She was a friend of mine. Her name was Dana. She was actually dating, uh, gold dust. And so it was me, her, Goldust, and my friend Tim, and we went to the strip club because all the boys and girls, they were going to the strip club. We went to this strip club, and we go in, and Goldust goes up to the bar, and he puts his credit card down, and he says, these are my three friends. This is Tim. This is Rob. This is Dana. Anything they want, put it on me. So Because the he's crazy. And the bartender says, okay, sure. Thank you, Dustin. So anything we wanted. So we start drinking. And while we're there, um, Mickey James is over there. Uh, Ashley Massaro was there. 
Uh, I've heard she is a cool motherfucker, by the way. She was awesome. A um, couple of different people were in there. And all of a sudden, the DJ goes, ladies and gentlemen, the champ is here, John Cena. And everybody starts cheering. And he comes straight over to the bar. They're playing his music. Da, 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 da. And everyone is cheering. He comes up to the bar. And the girl says, what can I get you? And he says, 24 shots of Southern Comfort. And the girl says, excellent. Can I see your ID? And he says, I, I don't, I didn't bring anything with me. I'm, but you heard them. I'm John Cena. And he's definitely old enough at this time because I was old enough. We're the same age. And she says, I don't care. No ID, no service. And he's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And she said, no, no ID, no service. So he turns and looks at me and he says, Rob, what's going on? And I said, John, what's happening? What do you need? He goes, 24 shots of Southern Comfort. And I said, okay. So I flagged the girl down. She says, what do you need, Rob? I said, can I get 24 shots of Southern Comfort? She's like, sure. So she pours the 24 shots of Southern Comfort. I slide them over to John and he bangs them. Ding, 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 ding. Does all 24 shots, one one sitting. Is like, this where you really... gained your utmost respect for Cena? Uh, that night I was getting sick on my own just watching this happen. Um, because I've, I've had Southern comfort and, and, and I was long past, I had outgrown that taste long ago. I was long out of college. Um, but he does all the shots and he then, he, you know, he laughs, he looks at me and he says, do you have any photos in your car? And of course, being an agent and stuff, I always have the promo photos in the car. And I said, yeah, I've got a stack. And he goes, why don't you meet me in VIP six? And so I said, okay. So I went out to the car, got my briefcase, had the stack of 200 something John Cena promos in there, went into the, now who brings a goddamn briefcase into VIP six? This guy with three Sharpies. He's got two girls on either leg and he wound up having two girls sitting on my leg. And as I'm Isn't reaching he around, married at this point or was this before he that? He may have been, he may have been, he may have been. Um, and as I'm reaching around the two girls, handing him a promo photo, he's got a Sharpie in his hand and he's signing John Cena and he's handing it back around the other way. So my other hand was taking the promo photo and it was like a merry-go-round. We were going in circles for 200 photos. So it was like five or six songs. So yeah, we had a great time in VIP six. Um, and the best part about the whole thing, as I mentioned at the start of the story, Goldust had put his credit card down. And when the night was over, he looked at his bill and said, Jesus Christ, $3,000. What did all of you drink? And who had all of these shots of Southern comfort? Da, 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 da. <laughs> da, 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 da. That so, part I didn't hear. Thank you, Dustin, for the, uh, for the wonderful night at uh, Twin Peaks in Greensboro, North Carolina. I Every crazy freaking house show story I hear is like either Greensboro. I hear freaking Rochester, Minnesota was just hog wild. Yeah, we did. We did a show in. It was near Greensboro. And what's with North Carolina and the boys just losing their mind, by the way, there's something in the water. That's the problem. Um, and, and you included lost your mind a couple of times in North Carolina. Well, we we I was I was actually promoting. I was actually running one of the shows for this. And it was actually Dusty and Dusty and Jerry Lawler were the main event on this one. And anyways, the younger boys all wanted to go out the night before. So I was like, all right, let's all go out. 
So we got ourselves like a, you know, a party van so that we could be safe. And, and we went in this party van and, and uh, we went to this, this club. It was a strip club. And they, you know, they, they, they didn't have a, a stage, which was the first problem. Everyone was sitting and the girls were just dancing. No stage. And I just imagine final... it's just half naked women just fucking. Pretty much. And at one point you hear the DJ say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to center stage, Cindy Lou. And the bouncer is wheeling a wheelchair and there's a girl in the wheelchair and she's got no arms and no legs. Oh, no. And he pops her out of the wheelchair and she just starts wiggling all over the floor. Um, and if you wanted a lap dance, because we did buy Greg the Hammer Valentine this lap dance, the, the bouncer puts her on, on his lap and she just like wiggles. And it was, I didn't know if I, w I was crying, I was dying. I think I busted something internally, but everybody lost their mind that night, including Greg the Hammer. And if you've ever heard Greg the Hammer laugh, I mean, he couldn't stop that night. It was tremendous. I've heard he's a great guy. I've never gotten the opportunity to meet him, but I've heard he's cool. I love the hammer, and, and he will always um, uh, be the the SCW Southern Championship Wrestling, as we called it. Uh, heavy. He will go down as the heavyweight champion. He retired the heavyweight champion of the world in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and he still claims that to this day. But the belt is in my house, so um <laughs> he uh perhaps he is, a he is slight fuck you but you know one of one of the he he is one of the greatest i love i love greg the hammer and anytime i get to see him when we're on the road doing either an autograph session or something like that he's he's tremendous he's tremendous so let's get into a little bit of what you're doing now you're doing the autograph stuff you've got the iconics yes, yes. that had to be surreal for you they just left connecticut and now they're running with you that had to be wild well they're not necessarily running necessarily just with me but yes it is it is awesome to to uh get to work with them coming november 13th and 14th in new york um and and i'm looking forward to it and there's going to be a lot of other talent that we're going to be working with um you know in in 2022 and it's it's going to be a lot of fun um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I don't do many shows. So when I do them, I make sure I do them big. And, um, I think that we hit a home run on this one, if not a grand slam, because Cassie and Jesse are, are phenomenal. Um, so easygoing, so great to work with. Um, and, and I think they're going to do really, really well on this upcoming inspirational tour. And speaking of just easygoing, and I've heard nothing but just easygoing and fun to work with, and Punk blames her for him being back in wrestling, Renee Young. Yeah. What's I she going to do? I can't. Well, you, she doesn't want to do anything until 2022, so... Um, well, she just had a baby. Know. I don't... Yeah, so um, maybe 2022, um, if she wants to, 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 to jump on the perched on the top rope bandwagon, we're, we're happy to, uh, to, to have Renee along. I could see her going to, I don't think she's going back to wrestling, but if she did, it'd be AEW. I think, ESP, thing. I think ESPN people, needs her because uh, well, they're short people, on talent. When people say, where is certain talent going? The first thing I do is I look at and see if they have a significant other. And if they do, where is that significant other? Um, you know, when Matt card, when uh, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea green got released, which shouldn't um, happen by the way, she, wasn't there well, eight months when people asked where's where's chelsea green gonna end up 
Tina or Impact was was the easy one because Matt Cardona is there. Why wouldn't you want to be with? Well, your... supposedly he's not there for very much longer, though. He's supposedly on his way out the door already. Everything is supposedly. I mean, you want to be where your significant other goes, and and that's that's just but the bottom line. But she's popping up everywhere. She was just on the NWA show. She because just... when you sign a deal with Impact, you're free to go wherever the heck you want. Impact is nothing more than a glorified indie. Gl- emphasis on glorified, I guess. I mean, they don't even have a TV deal, or they just got their access deal back. No, they've had know, their for... access deal. It's just weird time slots. Okay, so now we're playing the ECW game of Catch Me If You Can? Yes, that's what oh, they've God. been playing for about two years. That'll be great for television. That That's great for your audience. It's that's, just that's... awesome for ratings. That's why I don't watch them. Uh, if you do their like YouTube membership thing, I think for eight or nine bucks a month, you can watch all their TV. I'm good on that. I mean, they've got like one guy worth watching, and I'm not even kidding about that. Except for Christian, of course. I'm I'm good on watching Christian. Uh, if anything, I would watch uh, uh, Tennille Dashwood, and that's about it. She's immensely talented, by the way. Yes. I love her, and 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 um, and her resurgence you know, and impact has been something else. Yep. And they're not taking that belt off Diana because she's on such a madhouse run. You know, Diana Diana yeah. had that belt for over a year. She said that she did. She did great on the NWA female power. Uh, the NWA Empower. Did you see I, that I match she had with Molina? Yes, phenomenal. that was fantastic. I thought that was the best match of, of the weekend for them. Yeah. Because I thought Murdoch shit the bed, but I didn't think he did bad. Well, you like Murdoch too, though. Not really. I mean, I could couldn't care one way or the other. I was happy to see Flair last night. That was about it. Flair, that promo was rough, though. Everything with Rick these days is rough. Is, is anything He's... Rick involved is involved in not rough? He's seventy something years old now. I mean, you know. So you told me something on the phone the other night that I thought is interesting. You said something about Charlotte. What about Charlotte? Her contract. What do you know? Um, Survivor Series. Is that true? I mean, it's it's all got to come to an end sooner rather than later. Is her thing up at Survivor Series? It's all got to come to an end sooner rather than later. Come on, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I would venture to say you'll probably see Charlotte sooner rather than later in AEW joining her fiance and her father and her father. Yes. I just found out his real name is Manny, by the way. I didn't know his real name. Who Andrade? Yeah. What'd you want it to be? Joe? I, I didn't know what it was. I mean, he's from Mexico. It's either Manny, Jose, Guadalupe. I didn't know, nor did I much like, Kind Don of, Julio. I didn't much care what his name was. I was just like, oh, that's interesting. Pablo. Well, okay, now we're just listing stereotypical Spanish names, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, There's only a few they could be. Well, Escobar. Uh, but here's the thing. And you know what I think is so weird? And we talked about this the other night. Conrad Thompson married into the Flair family, right? Yeah. He kicked out of that coverage. <laughs> <laughs> so, <coughs> Flair, get this. Conrad Thompson is going to be the brother-in-law 
of Andrade. Is that not just a brain fuck and a half? Yep, and they all get along really well. Do they? Yeah. I don't see Conrad getting along with Charlotte very well. Oh, they're like inseparable. They actually were friends before they were friends before uh he met Megan. Who I've heard the I've heard that whole Flair family is just really great, but I, I don't know. But, you know, Bruce It, it was so oh, funny. Bruce. Bruce just Bruce runs his mouth. Let me put it that way. Oh, Bruce. He's always in trouble. Is that guy ever not in some modicum of shit? No. <laughs> uh, I mean, and and he's and you know why I say never because when he's when he's actually when he actually when he's getting in trouble, he's in shit. And when he's not getting in trouble, he's got his head up Vitz's ass and that's where more shit is. So like I've heard he I've heard he is like yes man number one to Vince and I've oh. also heard it's the exact opposite. Yeah, he is the yes man. He, he denies the that yes man. by the way. Well, you can deny anything you want. So. I also think it's funny and he told this story Stephanie fired him in 08. I don't know if you were there. But mm, when no. he when he supposedly pulled the gun on the writer or whatever. I was never around with Bruce. And if I was, I stayed clear away from him. Oh, so you feel the same way about him that Cornette does about Russo? Not not in that way. I have a lot of respect for Bruce. I just stayed clear of him. When you're in the back, you have to know who to um, properly politic with, and he was not one that I could properly politic with. So let's let's run down a list here. Who did you get along with backstage, Rob? Um, all the, all the, probably all the guys they shouldn't have. <laughs> I was friends with all the bad guys. Um, and Isn't then that why you got fired like three times, several times. Oh yeah. If any of my guys got in trouble, I was, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Um, got popped with a drug test. Got, uh, you know, and it didn't even have no to be you that events. got popped. No, we all just went down. Yeah. Um, and then the only other guy that, that, you know, that obviously was on the up and up was Brian Kavortz. Um So, uh, man, he really knew how to politic, didn't he? Got well, in. he got in. He got in with Rocky. Um, you know, and Rocky definitely didn't want to work with me ever since I, uh, I just lambasted him in Newark Airport the one time. Um, and I was hooked up with DX and, and, and those guys, it, 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 he wasn't going to work with me. So there was, I wasn't going to be able to politic with him. Um, despite being friends with his, his road agent, Stephanie Finer, um, who I'm still friends with to today. Uh, now you, know, you were putting Roman over pretty big on the phone the other day. Yeah. I love Roman. I've heard he is a nice guy i've heard he is an asshole i've heard he's a two-faced prick and i've heard everything in between roman's a family guy who loves his kids and 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 if, just wants to stay the fuck out of harm's way yeah and if he knows you're that kind of guy too he's he's okay with you he's like you know just stay out of my way and i'll stay out of yours exactly how much is Heyman running the show with him it's got to be um, it's got to be all the way right not really. Um, they run. Everybody runs by a lot of things through Heyman, but no. I mean, Heyman's, with Roman specifically, it's kind of Heyman's thing. No, 
No, it's 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 Heyman will input into it, but he has his own writers and stuff like that. That he's handpicked, probably. Um, or Rock yeah. picked for him. <laughs> well, Rock really doesn't have anything to do with anything right now, and won't have anything until SummerSlam. Or Survivor so, Series. Survivor Series. That's what I meant. Is he for sure going to show up there, or is it not? Unless, other than other than something out of the ordinary not happening, yeah, he's got to. Because I believe the 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 thought process has got to be he beats Brock at Survivor Series and does the same gimmick that he did with Cena and the same gimmick that he does with Brock, where he says, "Now I've beaten everybody. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge me." And then the "If you smell what the Rock is cooking" theme comes. And it's like, every time I beat the mountain that you put in front of me, now I got this. And that's going to set up WrestleMania. Do you think they keep him with Heyman? Or do you think he goes back with Brock? No, I think they keep him with Heyman until until they get through WrestleMania and, and, and beyond. Why not? I mean, he's going to wind up beating the Rock at WrestleMania. But they got to take this strap off him, don't they? Somewhere? Eventually, yeah. Um, but right now, they're they're using a bunch of part-time guys to, to, you know, try and make their case. And the fans aren't stupid. They know that a part-timer is not staying around. So, therefore, I, it's hard to invest in a Brock Lesnar. Um, I like Brock. Let me get that no, out of the no, way. But I, I like him, too. But here's the thing. If you know that, for example... Um, it's like Punk said. He's not gonna come back to work tomorrow so why the fuck should i put him over but but also you know when we were doing our podcast uh and we were doing a SummerSlam preview and they asked me who's gonna win the goldberg uh uh bobby lashley match i said bobby lashley very easily because goldberg only has two matches left on his contract that he's not they're not gonna put a strap can we talk about the finish that stupid horse shit bull ass match what the hell was that? They what ha- the the Goldberg thing? Yeah. What the hell was I that? I thought it was I thought it was great, and the fact that there is a picture out there of his dumb kid dabbing, um, he got what he deserved. Uh, okay, but the kid's fifteen. That's the thing. Sixteen, and you don't jump in the ring. No, but that was a work. They they planned that. They knew that they was going to happen. That was a work, Rob. It was get out of here. No, it, it, Vince- it wasn't real. Now you've just ruined it for me. Rob, you worked in the wrestling business. You know this shit. Oh, that's right. Okay. But it was a fucking... I thought you were taking it serious for a second. No, it's stupid. I'm saying it's bad booking. You made your champ look like a bitch. Well, you know, it happens. It all goes back to what I said. And I said it on this show, and I've said it to you, and I've said it to everybody... Vince don't know what the fuck he's doing anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I definitely I, I ain't going to argue with you there. If you put Alexa Bliss in that gimmick, the way they have her right now, you can't tell me you know what the fuck you're doing. No. If I pick, you're right. If you were in charge of creative and I pitched that Alexa gimmick to you, what would you say to me? Oh, I would have. I'm anti that Alexa gimmick. No, but if I pitch that exact thing for Alexa to you as the head of creative, what are you saying? You're fired. Get the fuck out of my office. Who hired you? Because it wasn't me. Yeah. Is there 
any reason they did that beyond we don't have anything else for. Um, no, I think they, you know, she was hurt, so they needed to do something with her. But she's not for... now. She was just in a freaking ladder match. No, I know, but back when they pitched the idea, so that was the that was the reasoning behind having to to uh, you know do that with her is to keep her on the shelf to do the things with Bray while she healed. Now that she's healed, but how do you bring her? back to normalcy is is going to be another question you'd have to take her off tv to get her out of sight out of mind for three or four months and then bring her back normal well rob i know we're running out of time here but uh first of all i want to say before we wrap it up here go listen to perched on the top rope uh it's a great podcast every sunday it's better absolutely it's better than mine because rob's there every week i wish this is true i wish rob was here every week i would (laughs) would make my job so much fucking easier. Well, we'll have to do this again. Did, it may not be next week, but we can always do it again. Did you enjoy yourself? Because I know a little inside baseball here. Rob was a little freaking hesitant to do this. Well, no, no. I had a blast. I had a blast. You got to talk about getting drunk with John Cena. You're not complaining about that. That's it. I always I always have a blast when I do these things. They're fun. Um, and, and we definitely got to do it again. Well, you're welcome back anytime. You have my phone number and a bunch of other shit. So, Rob, it in has... the meantime, everybody follow me on at Rob Hockman on Twitter and follow us on. At Was I saying your name wrong? Rope. No, why? What would you say? I said Hochman. Is that not right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why I'll never be back on this show. It's at Rob Hockman and at perched on the top rope and perched on the top rope. OK, anywhere <laughs> podcast can be found. Spotify, Apple, you name it. It's there. Um, and I can't do it as good as my co-host Alex Todd, um, but he knows all the sites. Just just Google "perched on the top rope" podcast. For the record, I was told by a third party who will go nameless here that your last name was Hochman, not Hockman. Screw Steve. <laughs> Are you trying to get us both killed, <laughs> folks? We gotta uh, get out of here. All right. Rob. You know what? Screw Steve and Vince Russo. They both could kiss my ass. I thought you liked Vinny Rue. No, I like Steve, not Vinny. <laughs> uh, what about Vince McMahon? I love Vince. Vince will always have a special place in my heart. Crazy old bastard that he is. But I still love him. Rob, and on that note, this has been amazing. Rob, thank you for being here. Guys, thanks for listening to us ramble for two hours. Everybody have a good one. Rob, please come back. I will. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.